0: Uh, welcome to another Forever Yellow and Black podcast. I'm Paul your host. You can get me on Paul underscore football on Twitter. You can get us on Forever Yellow and Black on Facebook and Twitter as well. Join in the conversation. Become a guest on the show. Ask questions. It's all about you. It's all about the tigers Let's go. And Sergio Revolt, well done. History beckoning for the Tigers. Jack Revolt. It's got to work back, it's going to. That's a very nice set shot. Got a cover. Walsh mate, stands tall. McLeod in real good shape. Should have gone back to Martin Now he does Saddle need to close But not before he got The easiest to reel on So 45 metre kick At the punt road end Kick on the way And that's straight as uh, What a way to start a weekend You win on a Thursday night The crowd is back Albeit 50% capacity And we beat For me my most, I don't like the word hate, but my most hated team. A lot of people might say Collingwood and Geelong or different teams, but for me it's always been Carlton. Absolutely loved beating Carlton. Not the biggest fan of their supporter base, and we know there's been a lot of history over the years um, between the two clubs. But we run out winners 15 15 at 105 to 11 14 80. Game as we all know, was a lot closer than a 25-point margin, which seems to be our average. Um, Look, it looked like Carlton um, really took it to us for a lot of the game. Uh, Cripps was absolutely sensational. 17 touches in the first half. Um, He did fall away a fair bit in the second half, and it's it's understandable. Um, The guy puts his body on the line, was absolutely smashed from pillar to post. I thought Sam Walsh is really showing... um, the promise is now kind of being seen. He's a really smart footballer. And you can tell by the way with his handballs, very Richmond-like, where he'd hold that handball back just that little second to make the Richmond defenders or midfielders commit to him and then he'd get the ball through. Um, I thought Mackay had absolute brain fades. I know it might sound silly, but he kind of reminded me of Richo in his early years, where he would just take those marks and the absolute... Goals, you know, 10 15 metres out. He played on and won, and he played on for one about eight nine metres out. Didn't know that he was blindsided and was tackled, didn't even score a point. Um, there was one where he tried to snap it when it was just an absolute probably 10 degree angle and and should have put it through in his left. It was a perfect angle for a left footer. So, I mean, he's there's a point. In a footballer's life where you say, you know, will he achieve or not? I think he has every attribute to do so. Uh, Carlton's defence tried to hold steady. I thought Sard's run off the off the back line was exactly what Essendon will miss and exactly what Carlton needed. So I've spoken up about Carlton a little bit there. They looked really good. They seemed to fade out. The longer quarters found him out and the interchange, because it seemed at the end of each quarter, we got the ascendancy, and I think that's going to be a real story of Richmond this year, is the last few minutes of each quarter, our system, our fitness, and our belief will get us over the line. What more can we say about Dustin Martin? Two goals, a number of goal assists, um, probably blew a couple of other opportunities, but absolutely exemplified by the bit of play where he, uh, late in the game, uh, we're about two goals up. He's running through the pack. Four players can't can't basically can't pull him down. He duck, ducks back through and handballs it over to Bolton. Bolton breaks his own tackle uh, and snaps for what was probably the the game winner at that stage. Dustin Martin, three votes, no doubt in the world about it. Absolutely brilliant. And if he is not in the conversation for one of the greats of all time then I think people are kidding themselves because he, you know, you can't say who is the greatest, but he's going to be right up in the conversations. You know, only two or three years ago you were saying, where does he fit in the echelons of Richmond greats? And, you know, a lot of people who've followed Richmond for many, many years, um, you had players like Royce Hart and obviously KB and, and you know, people had Richo up there and, and, and players like that. And but he has to be, in my mind... Um, as much football as we've watched, and I'm 47 years of age, there's never been a player like Dusty that I've ever seen um, of almost any club. Uh, So Dustin Martin was the absolute difference in the game. The man on the mark rule, we'll we'll come to that in in a moment. Um, The umpires... With their 50s, and there's a lot of soaking and salt going on from Carlton and other opposition supporter bases that hate us. Look, the umpires are also getting their way into the season. They had a very weird 2020 themselves, and there were some inconsistent decisions there. Um, There was one part where, um, you know, a 50 was given from a player running past, and a lot of people haven't uh, got that decision, but that's where the umpires need to, um, everyone needs to give them a bit of a break and, and the commentators need to see what's actually going on. When they're saying there's no 50 there, the rule is clear. You cannot, if you're not following a play, you cannot run past that protected zone. So that rule is still in. And a lot of people are saying it was the man on the mark rule. Well, it wasn't. It was the protected zone. If you watched a, watched a bit of play, it's a Rewalt goal. It's actually the Calton player running past Rewalt, not the man on the mark. Um, so, you know, Maybe sometimes when we all carry on about decisions, we need to actually have a look at what actually occurred. What a satisfying win in the end to be challenged. You know, Carlton got to within five points in that last quarter. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh. And the other thing that commentators didn't talk about is that on a number of occasions, Carlton also got to about a, almost a two-goal lead on two or three occasions. So I didn't hear any of that resilience about Richmond, you know, um, basically, coming back on those occasions, but to finish off in that way and to beat them by 25 points, we did have less time to prepare. Um, obviously, we played into late October, uh, and then obviously the celebration. So we actually had less time to prepare for the season than Carlton. That's a lot of people are saying it's Carlton's grand final. It's definitely um, one of the biggest games on their calendar. Uh, it's you know all the energy and the hype. But wasn't it great to hear the crowd noise as well? I mean, it sounded a lot more than fifty thousand, and, and just to see the MCG on a Thursday night like that um, was absolutely brilliant. Uh, there was a number of uh, you know players for us that I thought were. Um, Absolutely amazing. Obviously, Rewalt kicking four goals. Could have had five or six. Martin basically spoon-fed him on a couple of occasions. Uh, Castagna started off really well early. Uh, A player that um, still gets quite vilified, and I had a bit of an argument with my dad on this until I went back, and uh, Rioli kicked two. Um, Arts was very good early on. Um, Tommy Lynch kicked a goal, but geez, I thought he had one of his off nights, and... Um, that's going to happen with the, the the twin towers there. Caddy uh, had a nice game. Bolton, um, I think he started pretty badly. Or not as well as we thought, but GC's second half was sensational. Prestio, lazy 25 possessions. Bolter playing on a much taller opponent. I thought he was really good. And There was a point where Mackay was about 45 metres out. He had the mark for all money. He did everything he could do. He, he extended his arms. He, he'd broken away from Bolter. And Bolter's last uh, second effort there. Didn't Jack Graham look trimmer? Didn't he look fit? Oh my goodness, this guy, he could do absolutely anything. We all know um, about his story of you know his first five games for five wins and playing in a grand final, but he was absolutely sensational. And I could be wrong here, but don't think he actually got the praise for this game that he probably should have. Um, Baker, I thought, had an, an, an okay game. Edwards, um, once again, just instrumental, 27 touches. We just were, I just think, I was really proud of the the team. I thought Dan Curvis as well. Early on when the game was really hot, I thought he really contested well in the ruck, but he also did some great stuff on the ground. And you just got to be super impressed with the overall team effort. You know, Cotchen out late with the flu, um, and Vlosten copping a knock and going off late, and Ross coming on, which people are calling controversial. Hey, AFL, you made the rule. It should be a concussion rule. I think most of us would agree on that. Um, Should be a concussion rule, but it's now called an injury rule. Um, People are saying it'll be manipulated. I believe the doctors in the AFL uh, are of the highest order. If a player is injured, it's up to the doctor of the club to actually uh, assess that and make that call. So I'm not too worried about that. The fact that we gave Carlton hope, the fact that we then broke their hearts... Makes it even sweeter. Oh, I love this club. And that's a great start to the season. Well done, Tikes. There's some footage shows um, over the years that, that I've always loved. But the, the only one I really watch now uh, is the front bar. Just because the, the combination of, of Host and, and obviously Mick Moy and Sam uh, just have such good rapport together. that It's just fun. Yes, it has football in there and you love talking to the, you know, hearing from the older players and current players, but they just have so much fun. Mick Moy must just be in heaven at the moment. He's in the middle of two Carlton supporters. Uh, Richmond's got up over him in the season opener when Carlton's had obviously a really fair crack. And I just think we need more fun back in football, not manufactured fun, but just people who love the game. Uh, and, and talk about the game in in a bit more light than than we've seen in recent years. And I think as a Richmond supporter, we're blessed to have Mick Malloy, uh, as one of our uh, number one sons as a supporter. And just listening, just slightly niggle at them at the very starts uh, of the latest episode of The Front Bar. I wouldn't have yeah, thought, like, so. Like thought so. so Summer holidays, summer holidays were good Yeah. What have you both been up to? How was your summer? Mm. Uh, well I spent most of uh, summer, of course, here at home uh, watching uh, the grand final replay yeah, That's where you guys say Which one? <laughs> <laughs> 17 19 20 Mickey <laughs> Tag is there. What did you do? Now, what did but you do? First? Did you people don't believe man, this. I mate. saw nothing of you. No, it was good. Uh, family man down the caravan with the kids. Wife was good. Lovely summer. Quite gentle. You, you live on the edge, don't you? I was <laughs> uh, recording this section on a uh, Sunday. So we've had a Thursday night game, had Friday night, had some Saturday games, and we've already had um, some real shocks already. Uh, the dogs beat Collingwood quite easily. It's really scary to think that uh, Grundy, who is a fantastic Ruckman, he was actually in the first game of his seven-year, over $7 million contract. As a Collingwood supporter, when you've lost uh, already uh, the amount of players they've got, and you've signed up more and Grundy and Dagoe on big, big contracts, Um, I've got to be honest with you. It's got to be a scary time for them. Geelong, have we put the curse on another team? 17, we destroyed the crows. They were gone for the next couple of years. Um, 19, we beat GWS. They had a had a shocking 2020, lost a lot of players. Um, 2021, first game of the year, playing against Adelaide. Uh, obviously, all teams that were in the finals in the later part of the finals have had less preparation time. But in a huge shock, they go down by two goals. We're probably not, we're probably lucky to be that close uh, in Adelaide. Um, Tex kicking five and, and uh, really Adelaide brought the pressure that John just wasn't ready for. Um, it was a hot day as well, so a lot of people were saying, you know, Dad's army might have suffered there. And then um, we obviously see, and, it, and Sydney's a good young side, really well coached, and, and they come out, and I don't think many people gave them a chance to beat um, Brisbane at the Gabba, and they absolutely pantsed um, the Lions last night whilst... Um, The result, in the end, if you just look at the scoreboard, doesn't look too bad for the Lions. They were trounced. Um, The amount of tackles put on by Sydney, the inside 50s, the inside 50 marks as well, the lack of accountability uh, has to be a scary thing for Brisbane. And I suppose this puts in hindsight, Um, yes, we were challenged and some people were disappointed with our performance against Carlton. I was wrapped. Um, We knew they'd come at us. We know they're a building team. And you've just got to bank the wins this year. It's going to be one of those years where there's going to be very few teams that will be absolutely uh, easy to beat. I mean, look at Essendon Hawthorne yesterday. I think um, Essendon at one point got out to a 40-point lead, if, if not 39 points. And uh, Hawthorne came back and beat them by a point in an absolute thriller. Now, why was that game played at Marvel and Melbourne, Fremantle, which was never going to draw anyone at, at, at the MCG. Just bizarre scheduling in my mind. And, um, you know, and especially in a time where fans have, have waited a year to see football or over a year. Um, bizarre. But, look, puts everything into perspective and how you just got to bank those wins. But hoo, hoo, wee. Look, one example of the Brisbane, I'll just give you an example of the Brisbane-Sydney uh, game. Um, Lockie Neal, absolutely brilliant player, Brownlow medalist, reigning Brownlow medalist. Um, had zero tackles in the game. In, in a whole game of football, I believe he had zero tackles. Same game last year in Sydney, I think he had ten, or or maybe in the first game of the year. That just goes to show that whilst you think you're prepared, um, you, when young talent's coming up against you early in the season with the enthusiasm, with the fresh bodies, with a few extra weeks practice, we've just got to try and bank these wins. So, whew, I'm glad we got that win against Carlton. I don't know how many more superlatives that we can give for Dustin Martin. But as supporters, we are absolutely blessed because we're seeing a footballer, one of the true champions, that name bandied around way too often. This man is going to be in everyone's top 10, top 15 list going forward, you know, for for decades ahead. But we're seeing him live in the flesh for our team right now. Yes, we had Richo. Before that, players like um, Bartlett, and for you know my dad's generation, Royce Hart, and we've had a lot of champions at our club. But Dustin Martin now, by far, has to be the number one Richmond player of all time, and his career is still uh, at its zenith. Um, you know, three-time champion, uh, sorry, premiership player, three times Norm Smith medalist, Brownlow medalist. We can go on about all the you know the Lee Matthews medals, everything like that as well. But we are still potentially. Um, to see more and more of this and if you have just uh, if you had a chance to listen to the uh, interview with Nick Riewoldt, um you'll hear that in his voice and how, how relaxed he is and just put a snippet in here now just about how much he's loving football and training at the moment and that must be a scary thing to hear if you're an opposition supporter because as as a Richmond supporter we just already know this and you you can't have a more relaxed man so he's got to you know that's got to kind of go across to the other players in the team. When you see your best player that chilled, that's got to you know help the young guys as well. So just listen to this, and uh, you'll hear how chilled he is. Whatever, a man. Nothing in particular. Footy. Whatever, mate. Because right. you don't do many of these, do you? Is there any? Is there any reason? Um. No, I'm just not a massive fan of it get a bit nervous behind the camera for whatever reason but yeah just never really been a massive fan of it so i reckon you've got everyone bluffed i reckon you just like the fact that there's a bit of mystique about you out there and like a bit of mystery keep everyone guessing yeah maybe a little bit (laughs) so we're a week out now or a few days out from the start of the season and i know this time of year when i was playing i used to get i used to get really anxious and Nervous and, and think about, gee, to, to grind, it's 22 weeks and then finals, and so that would sort of play on my head. How, how do you feel now just on the eve of the season? Do you get excited or anxious or what's, what's the emotion? Um, I actually, to be honest, I feel like a little kid again. Um, playing my first game under 12s, you know, you rock up to a footy in your full kit, boots on and everything. Um, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just think the older I'm getting, the more I'm loving the game. Um, whatever reason, I'm not too sure. Um, the boys are nice and fresh, being back in Melbourne after being away last year. So we're all eager to go, and yeah, just super excited for, for the season to start. So did you not did you not always feel like that before games or before seasons? Um, it's hard to kind of tell. Um, I've, I just I've just noticed lately that I've I'm just really excited and just really loving footy. I love getting into training, and yeah, I'm just in really really enjoying the footy. I'm sure. As footy does, it'll have its ups and downs this year, but I'm just super excited to get into it. Sunday week, we'll be coming up against Hawthorne, uh, their home game. And look, we uh, should be without Kane Lambert. Obviously, with the sub rule, I believe you have to uh, miss a game or 12 days there. Uh, so um, he'll just be on the border of missing there. And look, Hawthorne are a team that we should beat. They've got some good young talent as they, uh, for the first time in many years, have actually um, not relied on the draft and, and trade so much as actually um, allowed some young talent to come through. They beat an Essendon team, so it's hard to kind of draw really where they're at. But you can't go into any games this year um, with any absolute expectations to win. So the guys are going to have to be um, on the front foot from the start, not give Hawthorne a sniff. Um, I think I'd like to see Lynch attack those contests a little bit more. going to be interesting to see if we can get a bit more drive again from the back line and, and people adjusting to the man-on-the-mark rule. Um, but I think, you know, in all honesty, it is a game we should win. Um, We will do a preview closer to the time, but let's just not take anything for granted. I think early wins, bank them in, um, you know, it's going to take rotations throughout the year, not just a 75 in a game. I think there will be rotations um, planned throughout the season. Don't be surprised if some good players do miss um, weeks. We'll be getting Trent back, obviously, um, a virus or the flu. Knocks everyone around, especially in these scary COVID times. Um, but we, as I said, we'll do a full preview and look at the team lists uh, closer to the time and uh, see if anyone uh, or who's going to step in at that point. But don't take teams for granted and every win is a huge win this season. Go Tigers. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Forever Yellow and Black podcast. I was Paul, your host. You can get me on Paul underscore football at Twitter. You can get Forever Yellow and Black on Facebook and Twitter. It's all about the Tigers. It's all about Yellow and Black. Eat them up.